Hello and welcome to St. Michael's Church. We're glad that you're tuning in with us this morning. We look forward to the day when we get to fill the pews here and worship with you in person again. But we really appreciate that you guys are taking the time to tune in with us and press into what God is doing in this time. That's the thing I've been thinking about the most recently is what are you doing, God, in the midst of the coronavirus, in the midst of this uh, pandemic that's keeping people isolated? So I just ask that as you listen today to the great word that our patriarch, Bishop Bates, brought from Long Island, New York, that we get to listen to this morning. I just ask that you ask the Lord, what is he trying to do in your life specifically during this unprecedented time? And as we open up our service, we're just going to open in prayer and worship. And we just ask that you just press in with us to the spirit and that you enjoy this Easter Sunday in the presence of our Lord. Lord, thank you that we get to gather. Thank you that we have this technology that allows us, even though we are separated physically, to gather in the midst of every living room, family room, car, wherever you're at. That we get to gather and listen to the words that you want to speak to us and we get to worship you, Lord. We just pray that you would make yourself known and that you would open up our hearts to receive the things that you have for us this morning. We bless you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Glory be to God on high, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. We praise Thee, we bless Thee, we worship Thee, we glorify Thee. We give thanks to Thee for Thy great glory, O Lord God, Heavenly King, God the Father Almighty, O Lord, the only begotten Son, 
Jesus Christ. O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For Thou only art holy, Thou only art the Lord, Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us pray together the Colette. O God, whose blessed Son made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread, open the eyes of your faith that we may behold him in all his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. This morning's first lesson comes from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, commencing at verse 29. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel now know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm, read as a lesson, is Psalm 116. <clears throat> I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death surrounded me, and the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living I believed, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted, I said in my haste, all men are liars. 
What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. morning's second reading is 1 Peter, chapter 1, beginning with verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed has foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory be to thee, O Lord. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, beginning in verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company, who arrived at the tomb early, astonished us. 
When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread Blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening. I'm never sure how to start these uh, messages. Um, There it is here, I'm in New York, uh, Saturday morning. And I'll be recording this uh, message and then sending it off to two places, which is amazing to me that on Sunday, uh, this message will be played at St. John's in Madrid again. And always good to be able to speak to you and, uh, in the church where Bishop Elmer is and the great work he's been doing. And then it will be also mailed to uh, San Clemente. We're uh, at St. Michael's, which is the church where the CEC began, Bishop Kessler's church, and uh, uh, they're going to put it up. And again, what a wonderful church. I love going to San Clemente and uh, being with the people there. The, the, uh, they really are a uh, family. Um, it's a new medium, and uh, we're getting used to it. It's also getting used to the idea that I'm sitting here staring at an iPhone, and uh, in my bedroom, which is my also my office, and my dog Toby is uh, next to me. Uh, that's that's a unique environment. Uh, but what's certain is we've entered a technological age in the church uh, far more than we expected, and uh, it is going to be a new normal, whatever that means. Uh, but I know our bishops and others have uh, begun discussing how to use this technology and to keep up with the technology for the advancement of the gospel, not because we want to become technological, but because we want to reach as many people as we possibly can with the saving message of uh, Jesus. I'm sure everyone is now getting hopeful uh, that the limitations upon us will soon end. Uh, We're talking about reopening in the United States. Several states are reopening uh, this week which meaning non-essential services are now coming back into place. Um, here in New York, 
uh, that's probably not going to happen in the next week. We're still um, seeing 400 deaths a day, although it's, it's declining. Um, the density of the, of the New York population as well as uh, the severity with which the pandemic hit us is going to probably bring us, uh, like in Spain, into the, into the middle of May uh, before, before we start reopening with any seriousness. Uh, but we all long to go outside. The weather is finally getting nice here. Uh, I'm longing to go to a restaurant. Uh, one of my favorite activities is to to eat in a restaurant and, and visit with people, to visit friends, to go back to work. Uh, but most importantly for me is to be able to gather uh, and with my brothers and sisters and to celebrate uh, the Holy Eucharist at the Lord's table. Uh, this time of Solitude for me has stirred in me a, a new hunger and a thirst for God, which I know can only be satisfied in receiving the body and blood of Jesus. Uh, he is the bread of life. Um, we're going to read about that in John chapter 6. And I want to taste and see that the Lord is good. This morning's gospel is the uh, road to Emmaus, one of the... Uh, appearances, what they call the resurrection appearances, that happened between uh, Easter Sunday and the day of Pentecost, the 50 days. And it's, it's an important, a very important post-resurrection period uh, because it sets the foundation uh, for uh, other post-resurrection experiences or appearances after Pentecost for the next 2,000 years. And it gives us, Rotomans also gives us a pattern of worship uh, that's been practiced by the church for 1,600 years, all the church for 1,600 years, and then for the vast majority of Christians for the entire history of the church for 2,000 years. But most importantly, like all the stories of the New Testament, it answers the question, who is Jesus? And that question is the most important question. It's the question that we need to answer for ourselves. And there was a time when um, Jesus was in Caesarea Philippi and he turned to uh, Peter and he says, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But that question is asked to each of us every single day. Who do you say that I am today? And that will guide everything else. And if you get the answer to that question wrong, you get everything else wrong. So the story goes that there's these two disciples, which means students or, um, or followers of Jesus, are outside of Jerusalem, and they're on their way to Emmaus, which is about seven miles away from the center of Jerusalem. It's a beautiful journey. Um, I've done it once uh, by car, not by walking. Lord have mercy. Um, and I, we drove, and it just drives through these uh, wonderful, beautiful hills with great views. Um, and they're incredible. And, and we really don't know where ancient Emmaus is today. We have a general idea, but it's not far from this valley where uh, David fought Goliath. Uh, this beautiful valley. And so it's a great trip. Uh, and on the way to Emmaus today, there's a little church, that, uh, a monastery 
which is an ecumenical monastery uh, between various denominations, and uh, we we have had the Eucharist there. Um, you have to make the assumption that this journey is, is shortly after the resurrection, and because uh, they know uh, the story, that they know about the appearances of Jesus and Cleopas and another man uh, are walking. And Cleopas uh, is suggested as the brother of Joseph, uh, the stepfather of Jesus. But we're not certain. And we don't have any idea who the other disciple uh, was. And they're walking and they're discussing uh, the events of the crucifixion, uh, perhaps also the events of Palm Sunday, the uh, definitely the Last Supper, the trial before Pilate, and certainly the resurrection, and, and trying to determine what all of this means, um, what what's this about, what's the future hold. And in the midst of that conversation, Jesus comes among them, and he asks them, what are you talking about? Now, it's important to note in the story that though Jesus appears their eyes, it says, their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And there's all kinds of um, thoughts about why that is, why why their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. But we, and people talk about the circumstances blinding them, their emotions blinding them, their thoughts blinding them, perhaps all of that. Uh, all we know is that they were prevented. And uh, and the truth, see, that's the truth of the story. If you really don't know uh, why they couldn't recognize Jesus. But what we do know is that um, they're shocked by the question and says they look sad. And the conversation begins between Jesus and Cleopas. Apparently, there's also not voice recognition as well because they don't recognize his voice. And Cleopas answered him, when Jesus says, what are you talking about? Jesus Cleopas answers him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Let me suggest is that Jesus is the only one that knows what really happened in Jerusalem during those days. But he still doesn't reveal himself or make himself known, but ask them, I believe in love, uh, what things? So the disciples say what they know. They they uh, they saw Jesus as a powerful prophet. How his leadership of uh, the leadership of Judaism arrested him and had him crucified. Um, how they had hoped that he was the Messiah who would come and redeem uh, redeem Israel from the oppression of Rome. Uh, now the kicker was for them. Uh, that women had gone to the tomb, and we all know the story, on a Sunday morning, and they didn't find the body, but came back and reported <coughs> that they had seen a vision of an angel that proclaimed that Jesus was alive. And then they say some of the men, uh, we know Peter and John, went to the tomb, uh, but they didn't see the body either. And Jesus responds to them, I believe in a corrective tone, not a rebuke. Uh, I know my own spiritual journey too many times I have been corrected by the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's always done 
not in condemnation, but in love. And, and I end up thankful that I've been corrected. And, and I've also been rebuked in some cases, but again, always with a gentle hand. And always knowing that at the end of the rebuke, my Lord still loves me and always will. Because God is always loving and whatever he does in our lives will be for our own good. What he does, Jesus, is he calls them foolish and slow of heart to believe all the things that the prophets have spoken. I can certainly put that on my head many times. And what the prophet says, he says to them, what did the prophet say? Was it not necessary, necessary, not optional, for the Christ to suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then Jesus begins with Moses, which is a way of saying with the story of the Exodus, which we've been reading in the daily office. And and then he says how all the prophets, going through all the prophets, he interpreted to them the scriptures concerning himself. Now that statement's important for two reasons. One, because the scriptures, certainly the New Testament, but also the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible, point to Jesus. When Paul talks about all scriptures are inspired, he means the Hebrew Bible, not the New Testament. He's writing the New Testament. When the early church fathers in the first 400 years of the church talk about the scripture, they're talking about the Hebrew Bible and the prophets. And that the story of God's love from Genesis to Malachi is about God's desire to bring us into restoration and a redeemed relationship with him How? Through Jesus. The text of the scriptures point to Jesus. And when we go to the Bible today, we should be asking the question, what does this say about who Jesus is and then what Jesus did because of who he is? Otherwise, we will find people reading and preaching the text of scriptures and creating a new law rather than a personal relationship with God. Our relationship with Jesus is a relationship with a human God who became human in every way like us, yet without sin, but also a God, who is Jesus, who is divine. Christianity is the relationship with Jesus who has become our humanity that we might share in his divinity. Our holiness is his holiness. Our righteousness is his righteousness. It's about him. I can't stress that more. So when we're doing a Bible study or we're doing our daily meditations or our readings, ask that question, what is this telling me about who Jesus is? So he goes on, says it was so, so great at teaching their hearts were getting hot I said, I'm on fire, and it was getting late, and it could be dangerous. And, and uh, they'd already walked seven miles, and I said, I'm sure they were tired. And Jesus acted like he was going to go a little further, but they strongly asked him to stay and to continue teaching. Um, I've been under a few preachers that were like that. 
Um, one was Terry Fulham of St. Paul's New Canaan, powerful teacher. And uh, another was Bob Mumford. Uh, there were others, but these men could preach and teach for hours, and you would ask for more. You didn't want the teaching to end, and that anointing was there. I'm not one of those preachers, and so I'm going to end fairly soon. Um, but Jesus stays and went at table with them, like Passover. He took bread, blessed it, took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it. Sound familiar? <laughs> Sounds like the Last Supper, the Passover meal before he's going to die. And then, the text, the story tells us, this moment, this moment, took, blessed, broke, gave bread, became a revelation, a revelation is an unveiling of the truth before us. And that unveiling is a person. As the scriptures point to Jesus, the unveiling in this act of taking, blessing, breaking, giving, opens their eyes and they recognize Jesus. And then he vanishes on their side. Historically, from this point on, whenever you hear the phrase breaking of the bread in the scriptures or in the teachings of the fathers, or even up to today, it refers to the Eucharist as it was revealed in the upper room where we hear the words, this is my body and this is my blood. And the pattern is set in this story of Emmaus for worship that is centered in word and sacrament. The pattern is set that this breaking of the bread and the drinking of wine is more than mere symbolism. It is his real presence among us in a mysterious way. And we're called to recognize him in the breaking of the bread. And that pattern was all of Christian worship for 1,600 years. And then suddenly a small group broke away and stopped doing it as a regular pattern. But the vast majority of Christians today gather around word and sacrament. Ignatius of Antioch, who uh, was born around 35 A.D., after the death of Jesus, and died around 107 A.D., um, was an apostle of John, who gives us a lot of great teaching about um, Jesus and um, Ignatius that he got from John, and particularly getting uh, one about the bread of life, and to eat and drink of his body and blood is to have life. Ignatius, who is eventually uh, going to go on and become the Bishop of Antioch, wrote these words, and boy, are they powerful. He says, the one bread, referring to the Eucharist, it is the one bread that provides the medicine of immortality the antidote to death, and the food that makes us live forever in Christ Jesus. What a powerful statement from this very early, early, very early apostle. 
This impact of this revelation is so powerful that Cleopas, in the story of Emmaus, and the other disciples immediately uh, uh, go back to Jerusalem. They walked the seven miles back, so it was late and dark and dangerous to get to the apostles in the upper room and tell them what happened. It says their hearts were set on fire. Oh, how we long, we long in the church for preaching that will set hearts on fire, will set souls on fire for God. Wesley said, give me a man in the pulpit whose heart is set on fire and lives will be transformed and souls saved. That's a paraphrase. I couldn't find the original quote. But he talked about men whose hearts are on fire. How we need the scriptures unfolded by the Holy Spirit. To be an anointed time with people coming saying, I'm going to hear the word of God. And I'm going to hear in this preaching about Jesus, not about myself. So they report what they report to the disciples. The most important thing is how they knew him in the breaking of the bread. Meals are important. They're revelatory. I miss restaurants, I said earlier, being closed, because I miss not the food, I have the food, but I miss being able to gather with my friends. And every time you have dinner with, with someone, you learn something about them, and they learn something about you, and there's a, something, about, something revelatory about your relationship that's made stronger. It's like family meals. I think one of the things that's happening in this this uh, time is that people are eating together more. And the family meal has become important. So those three major questions of the day are what's for breakfast, what's for lunch, and what's for dinner. And, and we think about it important and we gather. I long for that return. But I really long for being able to gather at the meal set before the family of God and to eat of his body and drink of his blood and know that he is with us and he dwells in us and the hunger is taken care of and the thirst is satisfied. I long for the healing, the forgiveness, the refreshing, the satisfaction of hunger, the quenching of thirst, the promise of eternity that comes from the Eucharist. I believe the resurrection church has to be a church led by the revelation that comes from the Holy Spirit that Jesus is Lord and God. I need a church that's empowered by the Holy Spirit and operates in the gifts of the Spirit that draw people to Jesus. I believe the Resurrection Church is a church that has Bible preaching and teaching that unfolds the scriptures and points to Jesus as Lord. But above all, I believe it's a Eucharistic and sacramental church. A church that makes present, makes visible the Lord Jesus. You see, the task of the church is not so much, let me leave you with this, to bring people to Christ as it is to bring Christ to people. To be the visible Christ in the midst of a world that right now is so filled with fear. And we can offer that love that cast out 
all fear. God bless you this Sunday as you gather at least symbolically, spiritually rather, around the table of the Lord. God bless you. Great word. Thank you, Archbishop. Let us continue with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. We commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Compassion, be close to those who are ill, afraid, or in isolation. In their loneliness, be their consolation. In their anxiety, be their hope. In their darkness, be their light. Through him who suffered alone on the cross 
who reigns with you in glory, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Turn and greet your neighbors with the peace of the Lord. Hello, welcome. As you're greeting each other with the sign of peace, I want to go ahead and uh, give some announcements uh, about the coming week and giving. First of all, I will say that we have our um, typical online offerings available for you, the ones that we've kind of put as a schedule together. We have our Monday night Ed Talk at 7 p.m. on Facebook, which has become a fan favorite, as well as my own. Uh, and we also have a Thursday night virtual home group at 7 p.m. that includes worship and the word. Eric brought a really powerful word this past week. So you can go ahead and if you ever want to go back and look at some of the ones that we put up already, I'd recommend his virtual home group from last week on the St. Michael's Facebook page. We're also working on a couple other ways to connect with you as we kind of start to transition and we start getting it in our mind that places are going to be opening up and there's going to be more availability to meet. Just keep your eyes on uh, the communication. We'll try to email out information as well as posting on our social media. Keep tuned in with your home group leaders. Not only share with them how you're doing, but they'll also share what we're doing with the church because we are looking for ways to connect during this time and as we start to transition moving forward. Last thing I'll talk about while I'm up here is the giving. And I really appreciate everyone who took the time. We did have a bunch of people who signed up on our new giving platform and are starting to move away from the Tithely app that we had offered before. I really appreciate you making that effort to get that set up there. It's very easy to find. If you'd like to do it through the App Store, either on uh, an iPhone or on the Google Play Store on an Android device, you can find the app. It's called Church Center. And once you go in there, it'll just ask you to look for your church. So you can either use your location if you're local here with us, or if you're away, you can search manually and you can type in St. Michael's or, you know, type in St. Michael's uh, in San Clemente and we pop up. So go ahead and you can give on the app there. Or else, if you're on our website, uh, there's two different places where it says giving in the top right-hand corner. And then on our homepage, there's a giving button. Those will get you tuned in there. And lastly, of course, uh, you can always uh, send a check. And I want to mention again that we have had curbside communion. It's been awesome to see you guys, even from a social distance, uh, as you guys come through and receive the body of Christ. Uh, and that's obviously one of the focuses of the sermon today. So we look forward to seeing you at 1130 uh, driving through our parking lot here. So we're going to move into a time of worship and uh, feel free to give and then we'll conclude with the Eucharist. Thank you.
Lord be with you. With thy spirit. Lift up your hearts. Give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. We praise you with greater joy than ever on this Easter season when Christ became our Paschal sacrifice. He is the true Lamb who took away the sins of the world. By dying, he destroyed death. By rising, he restored our life. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you are holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, a death he freely accepted, he took bread. He gave you thanks. He broke it. He gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch Craig, with our Bishop Douglas, and with all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Olivia, Connie... Susan, Carl, Serena, Naomi, Rachel, Nadia, Kyle, Sonia, Sandra, Joyce, Maria, Karen, Father David and Darcy, Tammy, the Boyle family, David, Jill and family, the Colo family, Daniel, Jim, Sandy, Father Azola, Lois, the Marines and sailors of Camp Pendleton and all those serving in our armed services. You can add the names of the people you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you. And feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper. Yeah. 
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passeth all human understanding, fill your hearts and minds with the knowledge and love of God, and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be with you and those you love and care for, now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Alleluia. Alleluia.